Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Romans chapter 12. Y'all ready to hear the Word of God today? Amen. If you've been with us, you know we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And all of the gifts of the Spirit, if you don't have this written down, please write it down. All of the gifts of the Spirit are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. Stay with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and Romans chapter 12. We've covered all of the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, last week, uh, were you with me last week? Show of hands, show of hands. Were you with me last week? Uh, I can't see you. Show of hands. Are you with me last week? Okay, that's, I can see you now. I'm better. And then you know we talked about the gift of teaching in Romans chapter 12. And this morning I hope to cover, or this afternoon I hope to cover the gift of exhortation and the gift of giving. Now, uh, don't leave. It won't be that bad. Some of y'all heard giving, y'all like, y'all know we talked about the finger last week, didn't we? You know, when you got to leave, you got to put your finger up, okay? It won't be that bad, I promise you, I promise you. And for you that are new to our church, listen, I, I was doing some homework and I realized that this is the fourth time I've taught on giving in four years, The fourth time. In Calvary Chapel, if you know that to be true, clap your hands. Will you do that? You know we don't, we don't, just for the new people, this is just for new folks. We don't, you just happen to come on a wonderful Sunday where we're talking about giving. Amen. But we don't talk about giving a whole lot here at Calvary Chapel if we are going through it verse by verse through the scriptures. Or in this case, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Then we talk about giving, but we don't... uh, You just happen to be here on a Sunday when we're talking about money. Come back next Sunday, and we'll be talking about mercy. Amen. Amen. All right. Romans chapter 12. I've titled this sermon, The Holy Spirit Gifts, part 8. Romans chapter 12. Pick up in verse 3. Saints, if you're looking at verse 3, let me turn there myself. If you're looking at verse 3, please say amen. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. So you're not to think more highly of yourself, and you're not to think too lowly of yourself. You know, some people are like, I'm so low. I live in a gloomy place. You know, some people think so low of themselves. You don't want to think too low of yourself, but you also don't want to think too high of yourself. We know plenty of people like that, right? They think they all had a bag of chips. Amen. Y'all need coffee? Y'all all right? Amen. Think soberly. 
as God to dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, verse 4, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, then let us do what, saints? Prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. And he who teaches, Pastor Rodney, in teaching. And he who exhorts, here's what we're talking about, in exhortation. And he who gives with liberality. And he who leads. Uh, that we talked about in First Corinthians, the gift of administration, leading with diligence. And he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Saint, stop right there. Give me your attention. We're talking about the gift of exhortation and or, watch this, the gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement. It's the same word in the Greek language. It comes from two Greek words. Para, if you're taking notes. Para, P-A-R-A, means to come alongside. It means to help, to aid. And kalesis, K-L-E-S-I-S, kalesis, it means to call. The word encourage or the word exhort means to call alongside, to help, or to aid. This is the same word Jesus used for the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14 and in John chapter 16, talking about the Holy Spirit will come alongside of us to help us in a time of need. Now, again, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Here's a definition for you for the gift of exhortation. The gift of exhortation is a supernatural ability from God given by the Holy Spirit to come alongside God's people to encourage, admonish toward a particular pattern of life or to perform a particular act. The gift of exhortation is the supernatural ability from God given by the Holy Spirit to come alongside God's people to encourage and admonish toward a particular pattern of life or to perform a particular act. Now, again, I remind you, and I'll remind you each time we gather together, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 7, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. In other words, you may have the gift of exhortation. Listen to me. Look at me, please. You may have the gift of exhortation, and I may have the gift of exhortation, and they function differently. You may have the gift of exhortation, and you have a way with youth. You can really reach the youth. You can encourage and exhort and speak to the youth. I may have the same gift of exhortation, but my gift, I, I can minister to pastors. I can minister to leaders in the church. It's the same gift. It just operates differently in my life than in your life. Even though the gifts operate differently, they are both from the Holy Spirit. Now, as I said, the gift of exhortation also means encouragement. If you were with us last week, we were talking about teaching, yes? Listen to me. Listen. If teaching, listen, is aimed at the head, the exhorter, or the encourager aims for the heart. Unlike teaching, the exhorter is not concerned with imparting information. The exhorter, the encourager, wants to impart how that information you receive through teaching can be made effective in your life. Now, the gift of teaching and the gift of uh, encouragement will often work together. 
if you've been around here at Calvary Chapel, you know there are very few times when, you know, you don't hear an element of encouragement in my teaching because when you're teaching God's word, there's always this element of encouragement woven in the teaching. If you're with me so far, say amen. Now, forgive me while I state the obvious. The gift of encouragement isn't the gift of discouragement. Somebody write that down. The gift of encouragement is not the gift of discouragement. I know people who have the gift of discouragement, don't we all? They have the gift of seek and destroy. They say, hey, brother, you know, I want to exercise the gift of encouragement, and then they want to tell you all the things that's wrong in your life. I heard this story about a preacher leaving a church, and he was going to another church, and at his farewell dinner, he tried to encourage this one pillar of the church, members of the church. And he said, don't be sad. The next preacher will be better than me. And she replied, that's what they said the last time, but it keeps getting worse. (laughs) Amen. Some people are always negative. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Some people are always negative, always hating, always negative. You say, you know, it's a beautiful day outside. The sun's out and it's a beautiful day. And they go, yeah, but they're calling for rain tomorrow. <laughs> Why are you so negative? I mean, just always negative. You know, in my years of ministry, I have found that there are two types of people, basically two types of people. There are balcony people and there are basement people. Balcony people are people you want to be around. Somebody say amen. <laughs> balcony people pull you up and cheer you on. Balcony people lift you up. Basement people pull you down. They say you can't make it, give up. It's over for you. People with the gift of exhortation are balcony people. People with the gift of exhortation see opportunities, not obstacles. They see challenges, not trials. They see possibilities, not problems. They see they turn problems into benefits. The people with the gift of exhortation without a doubt believe Romans 8, 28, and we know, y'all come on, help me, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people need a good kick in the Swiffer. Amen. That's that's the pulpit word, Swiffer. Some people need a good kick in the keister. But for the most part, people need somebody to encourage them. Somebody say amen. For the most part, people need somebody behind them saying you can do it. Most people need a little encouragement, not discouragement. Those of you with children and, and grandchildren, you know, when they take those first attempts at walking, you know, what do you do? What do you say? You say, come on, you little wimp, you should be walking by now, you're four months old. <laughs> no. You encourage them. Somebody's struggling in their faith. What do, you, what do you need? What do they need? They need somebody to tell them that they're worthless and going to hell and for messing up. No. They need encouragement. They need somebody, and maybe I can get a witness here. They need somebody to tell them that God loves them. That God loves them. That's what they need. Encourage them. William Arthur Ward, writer, author, inspirational speaker said, flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you. Encourage me and I will never forget you. 
I love that. We're talking about the gift of encouragement, but listen, all Christians are to encourage and exhort one another. Not only if you have a gift, but all Christians are to encourage and exhort one another. Stay with me. First Timothy 4.13. Paul told Timothy, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. We need to be exhorting one another, reading the word of God and getting our doctrine right. Hebrews 10.25. We're told not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Can y'all see the day approaching? Oh, I need to read that again. Y'all didn't hear me. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. In other words, as times get worse and things get bad, we need to come together more as believers, and we need to be stronger and encouraging one another because the world is not your friend. The world ain't for you. They're not for you. They're against you. So we need to be for one another and fighting amongst each other. Nope. We ought not be doing that. Divisive and arguing and bickering with one another over nothing. No, we need to be coming together. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Again, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Titus 2.15, Paul told Titus, these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And then as you look through the Old Testament, we find most of the prophets had the gift of exhortation as they were constantly exhorting people to turn to the Lord, to turn from their idolatries, to seek the Lord and to repent from their evils. Listen, here's your homework for tonight. Second Kings chapter 17, verse 9 through 13. Read it in your own time. Second Kings 17, 9 through 13. The prophets were constantly exhorting people to turn to the Lord and to turn from their idols and to seek the Lord and to repent from evil. And then you fast forward to the New Testament. We can see the gift of exhortation. Acts chapter 4, verse 36, there's a guy by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas, his name means son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. Acts chapter 11, there were people in Jerusalem and Barnabas was sent to see what was going on. And when he came, he had seen the grace of God and he was glad and he encouraged them all, the Bible says, that with purpose of heart, that they should continue with the Lord. Barnabas kept the church moving in the right direction. Why? Because Barnabas was a balcony person. Now, let's move on to the next gift, the gift of giving. And again, visitors, uh, welcome. Um, the, the, The gift of giving. Definition, the gift of giving is the supernatural ability and desire to give to God and to give to others. The gift of giving is the supernatural ability and desire to give to God and to give to others. Now, obviously, all Christians should be giving Christians. Unfortunately, listen, not every Christian is a giving Christian. Barna Research Group, listen at this study, showed the average Christian gives about 3.3% of income. 
only 9%, I found this pretty shocking actually, only 9% of evangelical Christians tithe. Studies show that the average financial gift to the church is about 2.2% of income. Clearly not every Christian is tithing and certainly many Christians don't give anything. Now let me just say this on a personal note. Can I talk to you guys personally? Um, 20 years, this year is our 20-year anniversary. You know, I said, I said that last service and nobody clapped. I looked at them like they're crazy. I'm like, if you've been preaching for 20 years, you want somebody to clap for you too. Amen. Clap again. Amen. Standing up here preaching my heart out for 20 years, y'all looking at me like, I'm like, oh, no, you don't. 20 years, and in my 20 years, and for those of you that don't know, I started this church from a Bible study in Morrisville in an apartment complex um, 20 years ago, 1995. There are people who are still in this church from that Bible study. Can you believe that? I, I can't believe that. So... On a personal note, now having pastored this church for 20 years, you know, I don't know if you know, but goldfish cost money at BJ's. That's profound, isn't that, isn't that just deep? Y'all know what goldfish are, the little cracker goldfish you give to kids. Well, we have to buy them in bulk. Do you know we have anywhere between three and 500 children that come through our children's ministry in a week? Do you know the average church is 125 people? That means our church is at least three times bigger than the average. Our children's church is three times bigger than the average church in the United States. We got a lot of kids. In other words, that's a lot of kids. And that's a lot of goldfish. <laughs> Amen. It costs money to buy goldfish. It costs money to pay the electric bill. When you come in and it's nice and cool and the lights are on and the band is playing, that means somebody paid Duke Energy or the bill. Amen. You know, I, I find it amazing. I guess I just find it amazing that people don't um, look at the church in terms of finances the same way they look at their home. You, it takes money for you to run your home. I need everybody to say amen right there, it, it's, it, except y'all that don't pay no bills. But, but the rest of us folk who pay bills, hallelujah, We know what it's like to pay bills, all right? And it costs money to run your home. It costs money to eat food. You don't walk into Lowe's Food down here or Whole Foods or Harris Teeter and fill up a couple of carts and walk out and don't pay. How's that working for you? Huh? We'll be reading about you in Slammer. Some of y'all already been in there, so y'all, for some of y'all, it's just a revisit. <laughs> Amen. I ain't going to ask you to stand up. <laughs> it 
it costs money to do these things. And I'm amazed at how many people don't even realize that it takes money to run the church. It takes money to continue the work of the ministry in the house of God. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it will be given to you at good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. Now listen, this is a well-known verse. I think it's a well-known, misunderstood, uh, misconstrued verse, but a well-known verse nonetheless. I can't tell you honestly that I completely understand this verse. I heard this one guy say that this verse was about money. And if you get money, you will get money. People will press it down and shake it together and put it in your bosom. Um, I can tell you right now, I have never had anybody put money in my bosom. I, I don't even know what a bosom is, actually. I mean, I, I did. That's just never happened to me. And, and and again, you know, I don't completely understand this verse, but it doesn't keep me from living by it. Somebody say amen. For example, I don't understand gravity, but I live by it. Uh, you you live by it. You're sitting in your chairs right now. You're on the ground. Nobody's floating around. I'm not floating over the audience, like going in your purse for a check or nothing like that. I'm not floating. Gravity is doing what gravity does. And yet I don't understand gravity, yet I am submitted to it. I don't understand women, but I'm married. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Pray for me. Don't tell my wife, all right? Of course, she was in first service, so. Anybody got any place I can sleep tonight? <laughs> you know, I don't understand engines, but if it, it, it doesn't stop me from driving my car. I don't understand if I give that God will give back to me, but I live by it and I believe it. Listen, I believe, and maybe I can get a witness here. I believe that when you give to God, God will give to you. And God will never owe any man anything. God will never be a debtor to you. If God owes you something, you will be the first. Now, two things I want to tell you. Number one, when you give to God, don't give God your leftovers. Can two people say amen? Don't give God your leftovers. Give him your best. Why do people think it's okay to give God the stuff they don't want? So they clean out their garage and they clean out their egg and they go, oh, we're going to get rid of everything. We spring cleaning. We get rid of everything. And then they look at some stuff and go, oh, we'll give this to the church. It's like, why would you think the church wants that if you don't want it? And then they come and they give it to the church proudly. They come proud. I am amazed. They come proud. They come with, yes, we're bringing you this tricycle with two wheels. Wake up, people. With two wheels. And uh, we just want you to know that we want to be a blessing to the church. Why are you going to bring the church something that you don't want? Listen, give God, your best. He gave you his best when he sent his son, Jesus. He gave you his best. Second Samuel 24, 24. Then the king said to Aruna, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. 
So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of gold. Give God your best and give God the most you can. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse six. He who sows sparingly will also what saints reap sparingly. Come on, y'all need to get with me. And he who sows bountifully will do what? Reap bountifully. You know that. You know, one of my favorite stories is of this black preacher down south. And he's preaching this sermon on giving to this incredibly vocal and interactive conversation uh, congregation. And he said, brothers and sisters, ha! You got to put that in there. Matter of fact, wait a minute. Brothers and sisters, ha! You got to crawl before you walk, ha! The congregation responded, let us crawl, preacher, let us crawl. The preacher said, brothers and sisters, you got to walk before you jump. The congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. The preacher responded, brothers and sisters, the church needs to fly. This church needs to fly. The congregation responded, amen, brother, let it fly, let it fly. The preacher said, brothers and sisters, before it flies, I got to take some money. The congregation responded, let us walk, preacher, let us walk. <laughs> amen. <laughs> let us walk, preacher, let us walk. Let's walk. So we're talking about those with the gift of giving financially. And what we're talking about are those who have a unique spiritual ability from God to give to God for the work of God. These are people who has given their, given their, their heart. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.